This is the old trailblazer. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis riding on old Dan again this morning. Blade, well, today may not be morning where you are, but this is the old trailblazer. Usually I'm out here early in the morning, old Dan and I, heading around to the sawmill or the cotton gin or somewhere, finding half a dozen or a dozen men and women standing around. And oftentimes we visit down there to the old Bethel Church. And I like to do that because I hear them singing early in the morning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That same to wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You know who wrote that song, my friend? I believe you do. Old brother John Newton. Yeah, he was a wayward child. He was a reprobate. He slave trader and all those things. But one day the Lord got a hold to him and saved him. That's what he did. He went to the restaurant one morning to get breakfast. He had his head hanging down on the table and kind of moaning and murmuring. And a little girl said, what's the matter, Mr. John? He said, I'm lost. I'm lost, darling. I'm lost. She said, well, if you're lost, you can be found. And that thing dawned on him that you have to be lost before you can be found. But this is the old trailblazer this morning. I'm glad to be back with you. And I wanted to tell you, we're getting it started in um, a thumb drive ministry here. We're putting a lot of messages on thumb drive. And, brother, if you call here one day, and Brother Glenn will tell you what all we have. He's handling that, and uh, I, I just can't take care of it. Listen, 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 we're looking at this study on the demon possession and what, what some of the characteristics of it. One of the first things a person will do when God throws him God throws him under the Holy Spirit's work. That's right. He actually throws him on there for salvation is to quit going to the picture show. That's one of the things that happens to show you how far demon influences and demon possession has invaded our church life under the guise of visual aids. And the show is is brought right into our churches. And our leaders are so blinded spiritually that they can't see the danger and the trick that Satan has pulled on us in that direction. This is an analysis of that situation we face today. First, I'm not critical. I'm just stating facts. The remedy of the gospel, listen, the remedy is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ preached under the power of the Holy Spirit because two things have to take place before a sinner ever gets saved. First is the Holy Spirit has to reveal to that sinner one who is by nature what he is by nature, has to show him those things. And that's the judgment he's under. That's where we are, every, every one of us. The scripture says there's none righteous. No, not one, my friend, not one. The Lord has to show you that, my friend. We saw that in our last study. Then when the Holy Spirit has revealed to that sinner who he is by nature and the sinner has come to see it and acknowledge it, then he reveals to the heart of that individual who Christ is and makes him real to him as the awakened sinner sub his substitute. Do you ever do you realize you have a substitute, my friend? Do you? Do you have a substitute? The Lord Jesus Christ took our place. That's being a substitute, substitute my friend. Listen, in, and I've never yet seen a sinner get saved in a picture show house. As long, a long time before that sinner gets to Christ, he ceases to attend the picture shows, whether they're religious or otherwise. 
Now let's go a step further. This wave of uh, demon possession accounts for the craze of smoking and drinking among church people. Let me say again, this world, the world has always lived like that. But I've never seen it in all my life, such a craze of smoking and uh, they're making cigarettes to hide folks thinking people won't buy them, but they'd buy them. And they buy all this uh, vape stuff. And what they, I don't know. I don't want to describe it, my friend. But listen, listen. As well as all, let, let me go back, state that again. This world has always lived. But I've never seen in all my life such a crave of smoking as we face today among the women and young people of our churches, as well as men. I've often said the most terrible sight that I can ever describe is a young woman, nice woman, somebody's wife, sitting at a bar on a bar stool with a bottle of beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand, or or in the corner of her mouth, my friend. Now that's a terrible thing. Do you think that honors the Lord in any way, my friend? No, sir. No, sir. You may say I see no harm in it. I'll make this bold statement. I have not seen a sinner saved yet, but what he gave up smoking, gave up drinking, gave up running around on his wife, and Christ revealed to his heart as his Lord and Savior. Now, don't get mad with the old trailblazer for analyzing the situation in which we live today. To me, it's appalling. To me, it's literally amazing. But again, may I say the only remedy is a spiritual awakening which comes as a result of preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ under the power of the Holy Spirit and sinners in the church and out of the church being brought under the Holy Spirit, brought under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and made to see themselves as they are, my friend. Demon possession accounts for the craze of folks going uh, where sensuality rules. There are folks on your on prayer meeting. Listen, there are your folks. Where are your folks on prayer meeting today and now? Listen, they're not at church. If they were saved, they would be there, wouldn't they? If they were, if they realized from their listen, released from their business to know the average member of the church is down at the club, fraternal hour, picture show golf course, theater, the dance, or somewhere sensuality rule. Now, my friend, I know a little bit about what's going on. I've been out there in the world for a long, long time. I had a business that I run, and I saw those things. I saw much that I was not happy with. You'll find that a few faithful at prayer meetings, we do here, we have a few, you'll find faithful and at prayer meeting. And a few of faithful are getting smaller and smaller. That's exactly right, my friend. Old-time prayer meetings is almost a thing of the past. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when, when they had church, uh, had brush harbors on the side of the road having prayer meeting on Saturday evening. Oh, my friend, I, yes, this also accounts for the overrun of divorce courts that we face in the world today. Demon possession counts marriage as old-fashioned and puts the emphasis on free love and companion. Com, 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 listen, 
listen, not, not, not sacred married. The answer to all these problems that we face today is a new birth. The new birth, my friend. You must be born again. That's what the Lord told old Nicodemus. In salvation, there is a deliverance. The word salvation actually means, means deliverance. Have you been delivered, my friend? Let me ask you something here. Let me take time just a minute. Are you saved? Can you go back to the time and the place when the Lord awakened you to your lost condition, showed you that you weren't saved? Can you do that, my friend? I can. Listen, have you asked... Don't ask folks where they go to church. Ask them, do they know the Lord? That's what I do. Oh, but listen, my friend. Listen, listen. Uh, deliverance. Salvation is a deliverance from the power of Satan and the deliverance from demonism. In salvation, there's that new creature in Christ who hates the things of the old life, who loves the things of Christ. Next, listen, we're going to, before long, we're going to bring you some study on the doctrine of demons showing you from God's word how demon possession is manifested itself in the spiritual realm and the remedy for it. We're going to show you that in our next study, and uh, we'll get into it just a moment, just a couple of three moments, just minutes today, under the doctrine of demons blood and versus blood redemption. The doctrine of demons versus blood redemption. We'll just get time, have time to get started there. We gave you a study last week, yesterday, started yesterday and Monday, uh, on demons largely from the physical viewpoint. To, today, I want to speak to you on the subject, doctrines of demons versus blood redemption in Christ. Now, to God's Word, 1 Timothy 4, 1, 4. I'm going to read that. I believe we'll have time to run. Listen. Now the Spirit speaketh, speaketh expressly that in the latter days, latter times, shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils or demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meat, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving. And we're going to hold up right there and go into that in our next study tomorrow, talking about the demons, the doctrine of demons versus blood redemption. Can I ask you, are you saved? Has the blood been applied to your heart? You know, our Lord was in the Garden of Gethsemane there. It said he sweat great drops of blood. And the Lord God of heaven sent and refreshed him, give him refreshment, taking a load off his mind and body. If he hadn't have done that, and the Lord would have shed the blood, died there in the garden, we'd never have no Savior. We wouldn't have any Savior. We wouldn't have anything, my friend. But the Lord didn't do that. He went on to the cross. He went to Herod's court and died in all of those different courts. And finally to Pilate's court there, my friend. You know what Pilate said? His wife sent him word, don't have anything to do with this just man. And she'd had a dream about him. But but, but Pilate said, uh, I find no fault in this just man. Held up his hands and said, I find no fault. My friend, do you understand what the Lord went through to save a sinner like you and like me? 
went there to Calvary's cross, stripped naked, nailed to that cross, hung on the cross for a while, a good while. All earth became darkness, and the prisoners railed on him. The two prisoners railed on him until one of them was touched by the Spirit, and he came to the Lord, hollered and screamed out to the Lord, Lord, have mercy upon my poor soul. And then what did the Lord say? He said, today, today thou will be with me in paradise. In paradise, my friend, today. Oh, what a time it was. And then they dropped that cross into that socket, tearing the flesh of his hands and his feet. My friend, I can't describe that. I can't describe it. But I know what the Bible says. It says he suffered for you and for me to become a substitute for the Lord God of heaven sent him to this earth, his dear son, his only begotten son, in whom he was well pleased. And he said he'd go there and pay that sin debt. Has your sin debt ever been paid, my friend? You owe a sin debt. When you come into this world, you owe a sin debt. You, you don't have to do anything to sin. You're already a sinner. But the Lord, by the grace of God, comes there and pays that sin debt in full. And what does he say? What did they tell the Philippian jailer? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. My friend, have you ever took your place as a lost sinner? Come there to the Lord asking, begging for forgiveness. But the old trailblazer will be back tomorrow with another study on the demons and all of those things. But remember my mailing address, the old trailblazer, post office, Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my phone number here, air code 225-664-8658. Pastor Pendarvis thanks listeners who emailed, called, and wrote him recently with encouragement to continue airing this broadcast. If you have not done so, take a moment to let Pastor Pendarvis know you appreciate this ministry. Email pastor at radiomissions.org or call 225-664-8658. That's pastor at radiomissions.org or call 225-664-8658. 